Welcome back to another edition of Where's That Tiger? I've got my co-host Justin Vincent and special guest today, Tyrus Thomas, former men's basketball player. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so I, word on the street, what I heard last time we were chatting, y'all two lived across from each other mm-hmm. at LSU. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, I got to hear some of those stories. No, there's no stories. There's no stories. And uh, we had different lifestyles. We had different schedules, the whole nine. Um, but, yeah, we, we crossed many a pass back, okay, in, back okay. in the day at old uh, West Campus Apartments. Yeah. He, he was grouchy. You was grouchy. I'm still grouchy. When, when <laughs> Allie, Allie would like to be wild. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's the one. JV okay. would be mad. Be like, man, y'all get out of here with all that. So. <laughs> he, he actually just, he actually just texted me last night, asked me about a basketball game. I was like, hey, man, I didn't know what number it was. He changed his numbers like he changed his underwear, so we'll never know which, who's calling you. Um, but I realized it was him. I love that y'all keep up with a lot of um, former teammates and just former student athletes. Like, how's that relationship continue to grow past the college days? Um, I think you know, uh, it's one of those things where, like, you know, you 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 spend so much time around people that even those two, three years, whatever it is, it, it seems more than you know um, a casual relationship because of the bonds that you might have, you know. Um, I know, especially for our time, uh, just going through Katrina, it was a big, you know, it was a lot of downtime and a lot of unusual events that kind of brought guys together for things that probably would last normal than longer than normal. Yeah, that's true. So one of the things that we like to talk about is where where you are now, and take us through the path of uh, leaving Baton Rouge, back to Baton Rouge, and how we are today. Uh. Uh, so I left 2006, got drafted. Um, I played uh, eight years NBA. Um, after that, I had spinal cord surgery. Um, played another year after that. And um, shortly after that, I dealt with uh, a mental health battle. Um, I don't want to say battle, but just dealt with my own issues. Um, so that was when I kind of just walked away from the game of basketball in 2016. And um, since then, I just been back in Baton Rouge, trying to be more of an advocate for. Uh, I don't necessarily say mental health, but just all things positive to to life. You know, um, whatever resources those things may be, um, especially in the communities that I come from. So, um, just trying to be a a, a resource, an advocate um, for all positive things. Right. Yeah, because I've seen you quite a bit. Um... Obviously, I, I, I see you, you're coaching, uh, mentoring young kids in the community. Um, you know, I think people sometimes take those insignificant to some uh, things for granted. Um, for somebody who's been through it and has, you know, played college ball at a high level, played in the NBA at a high level, I mean, I go back to think about, you know, in 2006, I remember you missing like the last two or three games of the season, missing the tournament. SEC tournament, then coming back um, and just having those trials and tribulations that you can pass on to the younger generation. I think, you know, those those speak more volumes than anything that you could actually coach them. Those life lessons about how to get through adversity and battle through and not, you know, think that things will come to you just because you can play, but just got to put in the work. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I literally uh, was talking to one of the other assistant coaches uh, yesterday and um and I was just talking because a guy kind of acts like, what do I bring to the table? And we kind of just laugh. 
And it's like, I think sometimes people uh, don't credit those experiences, right? So, um, you know, I think, I know I can't, I don't want to live the grind of a coach. You know, I don't want to travel like NBA. I don't want to be on the road like that. I don't want to, but I still have a passion for the game. And I know that my experiences, you know, can help someone in some fashion. And for me, it's more fulfillment for me to see um, those lessons be effective after a sport. You know, um, I'm seven years in now at high school, so we got kids coming back with kids now. We got, you know, I got kids that I coached that's 23, 24, 25 years old now. And so when they're not playing and they're graduated college or they're working and they can say, hey, coach, I remember when y'all said this and, you know, I can see how that applies to like, like that's where I get, you know, um, the most fulfillment as a coach more than just the game of basketball. So. Do you have a moment that you specifically remember? And now we talk about transferable skills all the time that student athletes have from playing here and then going to work and live in the real world. Do you have a moment when you were playing at LSU and something that struck you to now you're like, ah, oh, I get what they were saying. This applies to me now in life. Man, it's a lot, you know, um, for me, it, it, it was a lot for me. So, like, um, I redshirted, right? And so it's so much that you have to learn in the sense of, um, you know, you go from being All-State, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Pretty, pretty, pretty big around here to now I'm redshirting, right? So you have to learn how to be humble. You have to learn that, you know, like I had to learn without somebody telling me that you got to learn on the fly. Nobody about to give you that special attention right now. You know, like it was, and it was a test. It was a test to see how bad did I want what I said I wanted, right? Like I could have, um, and it's not to, I could have transferred. I could have, you know, I could have, I'm at LSU. Right, so it's a lot of other places I could have went and played immediately that was still D1, you know, may not have been as big, but I had to learn how to work. You know, I had to learn how to grind. I had to learn how to do the extra. I had to understand that, um, you know, nothing would be handed to you. So, like, I think my red shirt year, um, just even the – from I got in trouble a couple times and uh, couldn't travel, mm -hmm. right? So, like, even just understanding, like, all right, this is what comes with what. Like, so I think my red shirt year gave me a lot of transferable skills that helped me that next year, but just also, you know, going professional and beyond just of working and adapting. And, yeah, it was – that red shirt year did a lot for me. <laughs> it was, it was, it was a lot. It just was a lot. It was a lot, you know. Um, people see that one year I played, but that red shirt year was a lot. Yeah, those, <laughs> those battle tested years, especially when you first get to college, um, they either make or break you. You you gotta you gotta come to grips with reality, knowing that hey, everybody on this team was the man at their school. Yeah. You know, there's nobody that's you know that's coming from the bottom. Like everybody was that guy. So for you to sit back and relax and be like, oh, that all states out the window, Gatorade play of the years out of the window, all that stuff, whatever it is, Mr. Louisiana, 
So yeah, nobody like, cares. Like it was, and it was literally, and I think what helped because I think what helped me was I ain't gonna put them on the spot, but. Remember in 2000, Florida, that receiving class that came in, mm -hmm. the initial one, not the one that hit the field in the fall, but the one that came in in the summer. Yep. Right? And I can remember guys that was four and five star but wasn't getting no tick. Yeah. And they wound up going to other places and playing, but it was like, look what you behind. Mm -hmm. Right? And so, like, I was able to see that quick. So when we got to practice and – we got Brandon Bass. I'm behind Glenn. We had Regis Kunju. We had Darnell Lazar, who, you know, he had just come from being, all I think, All-American. But um, I was behind a lot of guys, like, that were proven. So it was like, this ain't AAU. This ain't that. Like, this ain't. And so I think by me being able to see how that transferred <laughs> – with that, because, you know, all, all those guys, Xavier Carter, early Doucette, like, early play AAU ball with us. So, like, we were around those guys all the time and, like, to see those interactions. And at that time, we were all using the same weight room, mm -hmm. right? And so to hear conversations between coaches and players, but it was a reality check. Like, man, you – everybody good here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, everybody's good here. So, like – I think that was the best thing that happened to me was to be around all of that and, like, actually red-shirting because I was actually able to see, like, I get to mess up and ain't nobody tripping. Yeah. Because I would have messed up. Yeah. And I, I ain't as good as I thought I was. You, you saying that about the 04 class, it makes me think of LaBelle Hawkins. That's and, who I was talking about. And so, yeah, <laughs> that's, I mean, that's who that's, I was talking that's about. That's my guy. That's I, who I was talking and it, about. And it was – it's funny now because he used to always kind of pull aside and he was like – Man, family, you know, his LA voice. Hey, family, he's like, man, they doing me wrong. They showing early all the love. He said, man, I'm gonna get out of here. You know, they caught him at the airport twice. Wow. They caught him at the airport yeah. twice trying to leave. Yeah, and then he ends up leaving and obviously going to Cal. Going to Cal and having he, him and Deshaun uh, Jackson, they literally lit the they, pack. They, well they, on they killed fire. it. Fire. They killed and it. He goes in the second round and goes to Tennessee, and you know, till this day. You know, I, I, I obviously I'm a football guy, and I ingrained myself into the looking at the kids' film and all this stuff. That is the single best high school highlight tape I've ever seen in my life. I've never seen anybody do that before, ever. Uh, in my he life. was tough. He had NFL route running skills in high school. He was putting people in a blender, and came here and was like, "Oh, I ain't playing." <laughs> you know, uh, hey, you know, he ain't make it out of summer school. No, he, he ain't make he, it out. Of, he ain't make it out of summer school. That's exactly who I was talking about. They want a class and even start yet, and he was gone. Yeah, they they he didn't make it out of summer. We went to the they bring you know they bring you in yeah. that first little summer for however many weeks, and that's when all the freshmen together. So we doing everything and. Every day he like man, I gotta get out of here. I'm five star. <laughs> yeah, I'm five star, man. I, I, I gotta get out of here yeah, every man. day, every day, and it just was like, yeah. But everybody you behind five star, all SEC, you know that yeah. was, and that's the, and that's the biggest key is that a lot of these, a lot of coaches, just about every coach, a Division One program, like you said, nobody's gonna hold your hand. You either gonna learn it or you don't. I take it from Derek Dooley, who was my running back coach after Mike Haywood left. He said, hey, look, practice like you're the starter. Because you never know. Don't think because I'm not talking to you or spending a lot more time than you than with others. When I'm talking to them, I'm talking to you. So you need to pay attention and retain this information. So when I do put you out there, you know what you're doing. 
Yeah, like even for me, I know one of the biggest things we had, uh, John Trelaw. And so he was one of those guys that kept me sane. But what helped me was he broke scouting team down to me. He was like, man, this your game. Like my red shirt, yeah, he's like, this is – this you're not playing. Like, so this is – you need to be locked in. And so I literally was – I literally learned the whole playbook, everybody position, right? So on scout team, I could do whatever on scout team, whether if we doing our offense, then we go do the other teams. But, like, I literally just learned as much as I could learn. So when I got my opportunity, I think a lot – I was able to take advantage just because I had – literally prepared too, you know what I'm saying? Um, but it was, that's when I realized how good guys were, like getting to. Yeah. yeah. What kept you here and kept you in Baton Rouge and out at LSU? Um, so I initially committed to Miami. Okay. Um, all that fell through, whatever I got here. Um, I'm just a chippy guy. And so I feel like I, I feel like I, even though I could say like red shirt was the best thing for me. I still felt like I could have did something, right? And so, like, that just was, like, enough for me to say, okay, I'm going to show you. Right. right. Like, I'm just, like, wired like that. Like, I'm a, I'm going to show you type of person. So it's like, okay, I'm going to show you. So, you know, I always laugh now. Me and Brady will go out to eat sometimes. And, well, we were out eating once. And someone asked him, hey, Coach, why are you red shirt tight? He just looked at me and laughed. And, you know, but it's, it's like we got a great relationship now, but it was just one of those things like that just was my – I was able to find fuel out of that. So it wasn't even about leaving at that point. It was about proving. Um, I love that. You touched a little bit about now your work with some of the mental health aspects. Talk a little bit about autonomy and um, your work with the students. Oh, uh, so, yeah, that's I should have brought one. Um, that's uh, – autonomy is an activity book I created. Um, so – during the work I do in the high schools, and um, it kind of led me to that, uh, creating something that uh, we could use as a tool to kind of like just check ourselves. Um, you know, it's not often that. And that was kind of one of the things I realized about myself. I just needed, sometimes at, at one point, I just needed rest, right? Like you're moving so much, you're doing so much that it was like 2016 was the first time that I did, I think since like 1990 that I ain't play basketball, you know, like, and so like, I kind of just needed time to just, I didn't know who I was outside of basketball, you know, like it had consumed my life um, in a good way and in a bad way. Um, and so autonomy is kind of one of those things that just, it's a, it's a, it's a activity book that gives you check-ins, daily check-ins, writing prompts, uh, different exercises that just provoke you to think about yourself. Um, I don't know why I'm fumbling to explain it. Uh, no, but, that's a perfect yeah. explanation. Like, I think our student athletes now, they have even more going on in their brain, too. They're running the same way you just said. Like, that's something that the L Club and our mission tries to prepare these student athletes for life, life after college and after their um, competitive career is done and well yeah it, it so it started with me with basketball but then I started the process about just everybody in general but JV could tell you just even like and I man college sports was more demanding than professional sports 
Like college sports was way that those two years here at LSU, I it was like because literally from the time you open your eyes to the time you close your eyes, you are on a schedule. Like it is something to do at all hours of the day. Whether it's class, whether it's a meeting, whether it's film, whether it's practice, whether it's therapy, whether it's training. Like, it was something to do, whether it was a something we got to go listen to somebody talk. Like, it's something that you have to do at all hours of the day. And so it's like, I can only imagine now with everything going on. So it's like, what time? So even if we talk about productivity, if we're not setting some intentionality for ourselves. how productive are we going to be over the course of time you know and um i think sometimes we get lost in that as athletes for sure uh not checking on self you know like jv mentioned and it worked out for me but it was no i probably shouldn't have played in the the NCAA tournament my freshman year, I could barely walk, <laughs> you know, like, but it was just one of those things that once you compete at a high level is those moments that you play for, right? And so you begin to neglect self, whether that's physical, mental, emotional, family, like, you know, it's, for me, one of the reasons I walked away from the game in 2016, Denver Nuggets call to go to camp. And at the time, I couldn't tell people this. I couldn't take. I just told my agent, I'm like, nah, I'm cool. I can't. I can't remember. I told them something bogus. But people that know me know I play a lot. I clown a lot. I like to have fun. To compete, I have to become somebody that I'm really not a fan of, which is why I don't like competing. Because it puts me in a. It's a dark place. It's a dark place. Mm-hmm. Right? Like. So even as a coach, sometimes it's kind of hard for me because I know how to flip. It's a switch that I could flip on and off and on like it, right? And, like, because I know what it – once I flip it on, like, I don't really like that person. I don't like that person at all. As a competitor, he's pretty cool. But I don't like that person. And for years, I became that person off the court and – just in life, because it's just like, I I don't know, like, it's just I'm here, right? And so it's like, if you don't have that time to figure out who you are outside of that person as a competitor, you know, um, it get hard. You know, and I know some, and, and you could transfer that to life, like, people work and you get so caught up in your job or trying to be, you know, the best at whatever you're doing that you forget about self, you know, um, and so that's, you know, autonomy is just really, it, 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 it became something that I just worked on unconsciously as something for myself. Um, and then I just realized it could help other people, you know. Um, like I say, that, that <laughs> like, it's just, when you get consumed in something for so much and so long at a high level, you know, it's, even that can make you or break you. You know, like we know, like we we got the teammates that ain't got trapped in that, mm-hmm. right? And like, so even people might look at them like they crazy or, oh, they locked. Nah, he just still, right now he's still locked in. And they don't know how to get out of that sometimes. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> there was a, what you just said reminded me so much of Troy Palomalu. Um, 
if he was to walk in right now and I told you this dude was all pro, all decade, Hall of Famer, he looked like he wouldn't bust a grape in a fruit fight. Like he is soft-spoken, mild, meek, manner. Uh, my first day in the Pittsburgh facility, my locker was like four or five down from him. And I saw like a, a bread loaf in his locker. I'm not talking like slice you get at the store. I'm talking like you got out of a fresh bakery like in Italy, just like uncut bread. And I was like, dang, it's not even covered. That's random. I was like, all right, but that doesn't seem very sanitary to me, but whatever. <laughs> so walk upstairs, go in the meeting room, and this dude has – he's standing at the door, and he has a loaf in his hand, and he's literally breaking it off and going, break bread with me, brother. And I'm like, if it was anybody else, I probably wouldn't have ate it. But, but it I was- ate it. But it just goes to show that he was one of those people that can turn that switch on and off because when he turned it on, please get out the way. Please get out the way because he was one of those people who would literally destroy you on the field. And as soon as he would come off and the next day when we're going over film or, and this and that and other, hey, guys, what's going on? Like, y'all good? You know, you want to you wanna come uh, fellowship? Man, I just saw you break somebody in half yesterday. Like, how do you come down off that high? But he was one of those people. And I think one day he got to that point where it was like, I don't like that person. He could probably, in my humble opinion, I think he could probably still could have played some more years, but he made a decision. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm good. I, I've, I've done everything I could do, and I don't think I like that person anymore. And this is something that, you know, I want to. I don't want to be for the rest of my life. It doesn't define me. All right. Yeah, know? like it, it's – I could – and, again, it's a bad example, but I use it sometimes when I try to explain to people about competing. Like, Glenn, the baby was the best man in my wedding. He was – Roommate, we played summer ball together in the playoffs. I, he had a fast break. I ran down. I couldn't block the shot. I was too late, so I just made sure that he didn't make it. I grabbed him out there. He hit the floor. Boom. Right? Like, yeah. that. I don't like that person because he probably could. I didn't try to hurt him, but yeah, something. Right. But You know what I'm saying? Like, but it's like I had. You were locked in. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> what does that mean? You know, like, like and so it's like. For me, want just having time to understand myself kind of, again, put me back in that given spirit of how can I use my experiences to help other people. You know, um, like we talk, I talked with, uh, with some of the ladies, uh, what was that, a week or so ago? Right. And, um, you know, we were just talking about just different things that athletes may experience. So, like, with us, it was just playing time. Like now it's money. So like if you come in and you're not getting what somebody else getting, you may feel like you let. And I know some people may think that, you know, those, well, you shouldn't be thinking. It, it is what it, it is. It is what it is. Yeah. Right? Like it is, we live in, it, it is what it is. Like we can't tell people not to think about what's in front of them, you know. And so um, and things just being more intentional with checking in with yourself and giving yourself time to decompress and love on yourself and obviously we don't play sports anymore but I do it every night every night when I come home from work put my kids in bed and I sit upstairs in my game room I need, I need me right. I just yeah. need some quiet like I don't I don't need all that noise let me catch up on you know sports and news and whatever it is I, I just I have to do it if I don't I'm already, like you said, I'm already a grouch. I mean, that, it, don't, it ain't feed, it's feeding the wrong animal. Right. Yeah, so mine is mine is actually, I was telling Ann, I usually, I, I went to sleep early last night, so I messed up my sleep schedule. But I'm usually up like 5, 5.30. And that's, I try to catch an hour 
or just me time. And that's that whether I'm drinking coffee, I might turn the TV on, I might not, I might look at the camera, whatever. I don't know what is, yeah. but whatever I want to do, right? And it's like, I figured that's kind of, I, 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 I've noticed that helps me, like, because at least something in my control. Like, I got that one hour, I control it. You know, so now if the day doesn't go as planned or, you know, you got an adult and do whatever the day calls for, you know. Um, kid gets sick, you can't. You know, it's certain things now as a parent, as just an adult, that life is going to life, right? And so making sure that I can just check in with myself um, before I have to deal with life uh, has helped a lot. And that's the kind of things that I like. I like Where's That Tiger into this podcast and us uncovering, because there's a ton of recent grads, recent student athletes that have just finished their competing career that it might not have clicked for them like it's clicked for y'all and how they can over, overcome that and get to where they want to go now. Yeah, I think that too is um, everybody going to have a different time and experiences that bring them to – you know that. I didn't start doing it until I had kids. Huh? I didn't start doing it until I had kids. And man, I'm, the the <laughs> last two, the three years, my son will be three in April, have been the most peaceful three years of my life. Wow. And I realized because of my childhood and the parent that I aspire to be, it's like I realized I have to give him the best version of me I can. Right? And like, I don't want to be grouchy with him or snapping at him because things ain't been going right today or I had a rough day now I come you know so it's like he's helped me definitely like understand how important self is that's awesome okay where can we see you next what's next on the horizon you got any anything um, in the works I don't know I've been doing a lot. Um, I do an animated cartoon. I actually just got text walking in. Okay. And I got a voice. I got a preview of it. Episode. Oh. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Toonstar is a is a Web3 um, animated company out of L.A. And um, the gimmicks is, uh, it's like a cross between South Park and wrestling. All right. Um, it's like Beavis and Butthead style. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Chapatula's Charlie is one of the Web3 characters that my partner and I acquired. And we named him and did the backstory for him. And I do the voice of him. Um, and we have some of our own spinoffs coming out as well. So That's awesome. That's, yeah, news for the day. <laughs> <laughs> what, was, what was the review, Justin? No, I liked it. I, awesome. I mean, he showed, I got a little preview of okay. Chapatula's Charlie, so... You know, I'm 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 looking forward to to see it grow. I love it. Well, we will continue to follow your journey, and thank you for hopping on today to share a little bit. Um, we're excited for what's next for you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Where's That Tiger. See you next time. <laughs>